interesting race. It was, I think it was better than we thought it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, probably the most interesting race at Spain since the, well, no, since like 2017, I think. I, th- I think that's probably fair. So, yeah. All right. Well, let's, you know, let's, let's get started. Uh, 107% F1 show. I'm Curtis. I'm Bernie. So, Bernie, I have, like I just told you, I have a question for you. Have you ever seen the movie Robin Hood Men in Tights? A long time ago. Okay. And I, th- I think like just in parts, I don't think I've ever seen it in one sit down, like all the way through. Okay. So pretty near to the beginning of the movie, uh, Robin Hood, played by Carrie Owes, is out in the forest with a chew, Dave Chappelle, yep. and Blinken. And oh, and uh, and also a little John, and they're confronted by the sheriff of Rottingham with his <laughs> men. And uh, you know, Robin embarrasses the sheriff of Rottingham, and the sheriff of Rottingham has to go back and tell Prince John about what just happened. And Prince John tells him, uh, you know, asks him what happened. Sheriff of Rottingham says he has bad news, and Prince John says, Wait. If you tell me the bad news in a good way, it won't sound so bad. So the sheriff of Rottingham says, you know, he says, we, we just saw Robin of Loxley. He loves you. He, he hates you and loves your brother, Richard. He beat the crap out of me and my men. And so that brings me to being a, a Max Verstappen Red Bull fan. <laughs> yeah. I feel like this season is telling me the bad news in a good way. So it won't sound so bad that Mercedes has won three of the four races, but they've been great competitive races. So I feel better about it. Yeah, I guess you could look at it that way. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) If you were uh, a Red Bull fan, which I kind of am, um, but I kind of expected this anyway. Um, Really didn't expect uh, Perez to to get off to a, a, a really hot start right away. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I mean, the the racing point before they copied the Mercedes car was a uh, a high rake uh, car, and he just kind of did okay. And it wasn't until they switched over to the low rake Mercedes copycat that he did well. So mm-hmm. uh, before the rate the season even started, I kind of I kind of thought that that might have been an issue. Um, that all of a sudden he's got this uh, change in form um, in the course of one winter testing. And I mean, I'm sure that the Mercedes car had a lot to do with it, but I'm not like, I, I was worried that the, the the change in the, how the back end of the car would feel um, would probably bring him back to, to earth a little bit. Um, and I feel like, I don't know if that's exactly the issue, but it's kind of, um, he's kind of performing how I expected him to perform. That is, I think you're onto something. It is kind of a big change it where is. you go from the racing point car last year, low rate philosophy, then he comes over to Red Bull, high rate philosophy and the changes to the floor where... Well, not that I think Checo would be having a very good time in the Aston Martin right now, but he probably would be maximizing it. Right. And in the in the right, I mean, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't blame him for the struggles with the Red Bull. He's 
doing a, a, a good job. Yeah. Um, it's just they need like, and this has probably been Red Bull's, you know, the, the problem with their philosophy with drivers the last couple of years where they really haven't given guys ample opportunity to, to get used to the car, you know, bouncing back and forth from what, uh, who do we have in there at Kvyat and Gasly and Albon yeah. and then, you know, over to, over to Checo. So, you know, instead of having any kind of anybody with continuity, you know, if it was Albon, you know, it's, maybe by now he would have a better handle on the car. So maybe, you know, he would be the guy that would be running, you know, fourth, you know, instead of having to fight his way up like Checo. And then he isn't in a spot to help Max and Mercedes can, you know, Mercedes can undercut because, you know, they, they don't have that threat of the next, uh, you know, the next Red Bull back to stop it from happening. So, so I, I can't blame Checo. It's only been four races. I mean, what do you want? He's, you know, he seems to be quick. He's probably adapting to his new car as well as anybody else on the grid, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I think I, geez, what, what was it? The, the fourth race? Mm-hmm. Fourth race. One, two, one, two, three, four. I think I, I saw somewhere that compared to Albin, in 2019 in his first four races i think checo is scoring less than alex was really um, I, I yeah that I'll must make your day <laughs> no no <laughs> i mean i i, I want to see red bull do well um obviously but let me let me do some quick maths here i probably should have done this before 10, that's okay i did see uh albon is doing the uh, the, the the 18 inch tire testing for red bull that's cool Yes, yeah, you told me about that. I was excited about that. You know, uh, it's it's all coming together. Twenty twenty two, Albon's back in that car. Yeah, <laughs> either either in the Alpha Tauri or the Red Bull. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Perez has got thirty two points so far this year, mm-hmm. and through the first four races in twenty nineteen, where Alex was in the Red Bull, he had thirty six points. So, oh, there you go. Yes, with um, I suppose. I mean, really, this year, I think it's probably even more clear cut that the Red Bull is the second car. Where last, you know, last time you did have, well, what was um, what am I thinking? What was uh, what was Albon's last uh, last time in the car? Uh, Abu Dhabi. Okay, so where he actually came in P four, um, had a decent know, race. I mean, that's not bad, but yeah. he um, God, what the hell was I just thinking? I just totally lost my train of thought with Albon. I don't know. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I, got, I got distracted. Um, the Perez did complain about having some some his shoulder minor, problem, right? Yeah, shoulder issues, and he said that he was getting dizzy during qualifying, which caused his uh, Q three spin on his first run. Yeah, um, but I'm not. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure how bad it was, or you know, drivers will kind of play things up a little bit to make themselves look a little bit better but he, yeah I can see that. he had some complaints so i i can't you know i can't just ignore that uh, mm-hmm. either um but other than actually he hasn't had he hasn't really had an amazing race this year uh one good qualifying at emola and that's about it i don't think um mm-hmm. i think red bull were expecting him to uh hit the ground running yeah um, i think so i i i foresaw issues uh, with him for 
you know, the reason that I mentioned earlier and, and, and a whole multitude of other reasons, but um, yeah, I never, I never understood uh, how so many people expected him to be up there fighting for P2 and P3 right away. Uh, I mean, just going through the history of F1, people that change teams don't normally hit the ground running unless you're like a, a super amazing driver like uh, Verstappen or Leclerc or something like that, you know, so. Or if it's uh, something, you know, like first year of new regulations or something right, like right, that right. where everybody's uh, you kind know, of struggling. If, yeah. If, if somebody changes teams going into next season, well, the 2022 car is all going to be brand new, you know. Um, actually, I did just remember what I was thinking was that Albon, last time he was in the Red Bull, there were times where the racing point was the second fastest car. So, right, right. you know, whereas this year, I think it is very clear that the Red Bull is the second, is yeah. the first or second fastest car on any given day. So, you know, I, again, not taking anything away from Checo. I think he's been fine, but I do think that you're right that Red Bull was probably expecting more from him to this point, even though I'm, you know, they'll say that they're happy and I'm sure that to some extent they are. I do think they were expecting more. Yeah. I think his pace on track is still better than Albin and his tire manage- management, which mm-hmm. was uh, is great huge- at it. Yeah, a huge issue for Alex. Um, mm-hmm. He's much better with that. So, you know, there are some areas where he's better, but obviously he's not up to where Red Bull probably expected. And and you're right. They probably won't come out and say he's not uh, driving to our expectations. Right. Um, but I mean, it's only, it's only been four races. Um, but yeah, I don't think, I don't think he's performing as well as everybody expected him to, including Red Bull. That's fair. And probably he himself, if we're, you know, if, yeah, if we're right. being honest. Um, God, do we, do we, do we even want to talk? Like, do we even talk about Lewis Hamilton? He's, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's every week with him. He's, he's unbelievable. He is. He is. Um, I'll let you go first. Let me, I want to hear what you think. So I actually heard on the race podcast today, it was a really good point. Um, it talked about Max. Max was geared up for a one stop and the pace that he set at the beginning of the race, you know, they, before the safety car, he and Lewis had pulled the gap and quickly too. Yeah. And that's fine. And I'm sure Lewis was fine with it because it does seem to be that the Red Bull turns on its tires faster, but the Mercedes is better, you know, overall on them in terms of wear Mm -hmm. and by pulling that, you know, by, by pulling the pace that he did, I think that Max kind of tipped his hand that they were going on the one-stop strategy and it did allow Lewis the freedom to, you know, to, to change the strategy on him. And there really wasn't anything that Max could do about it. Now, Lewis has to make that work. So, you know, at the beginning of the race, Max comes out with this just an aggressive, you know, uh, a power move, you know, going, uh, going yeah. into the first turn. Very on the edge. Uh, yeah. Very it, on it, the edge in my book. Oh no, hundred percent. It was right. It, it right up against, you know, where you're like yeah, racing incident, or is that something mm-hmm. he shouldn't have done? Yeah. And I think some of that was Max betting on Lewis being conservative there, which mm-hmm. is what happened. Yeah. And I think that's a smart move for Max. I think he can do that at this part of the season. I think the next time that he goes to do that, he's going to find Lewis less accommodating. <laughs> but 
it was, you know, just a masterclass by Lewis where he, he knows that the Red Bull is going to be, you know, it's, he's going to come out hot like Max does. He's, you know, the first three laps, he pulled a gap of almost two seconds and then it came back down. And Lewis was content just to follow him around second, 1.2 seconds, something like that. And not only follow him, but follow him easily. Oh, like God, he, yeah. He didn't have an issue staying within a, no, no, a no, second no. and a half. Yeah. And, you know, so Lewis is able to sit back and force Max to use his tires. It's just, it, I realize a lot of that is also Mercedes strategy, who, you know, this season they've just been running rings around red bull it's been crazy but it is lewis in the car that has to make that work and it just no matter what mercedes asks him to do he can just go and do it and that's to me that's why lewis is the best and why he might be the greatest of all time is that he doesn't have any sort of limitations you can't say well you know if it comes down to just speed this guy and this guy and this guy are faster or this guy does this better Lewis is better than 99% of all F1 drivers at literally everything. <laughs> you know, it, right. it takes a guy like a Max who is just stupid fast to be the guy that's faster than Lewis Hamilton. You know, it's, yeah. it, you know, aside from Max and even then, <laughs> you know, uh, Lewis is just, he's, it, he has no weaknesses. He doesn't make mistakes. He's a machine. He's, 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 He's unbelievable. I, I don't, every, it, this is going to be every week. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the only guy, the only other guy on track who would probably match those two would probably be Leclerc. Yeah, he's good. Um, and I know we've only seen one race out of Russell, but I think if he can continue with what he pulled off in, mm-hmm. in Bahrain, Bahrain or the secured, which one, whichever one it was that he raced in, mm-hmm. um, I think he would be able to match those three as well. Uh, but going back to that that move on turn one, I think because Mercedes had clearly been faster through all of free practice and through qualifying, mm-hmm. I think I think Lewis knew that he could let off and let Max buy. And, right. and, and I think that's the only reason why Max wasn't penalized was because Lewis was smart enough to uh, lift off and let him by there. Otherwise, there, there probably would have been a collision, and Max probably would have been penalized uh, yeah. at that point. But, but uh, yeah, it just goes to show how 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 smart uh, Lewis Hamilton is in knowing that. Yeah, I I can let him go on lap one, but data shows that we're clearly faster on this track. I can afford to give this up. And, and still not have to worry about the uh, the pack behind. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think he also, you know, Lewis also had the comfort of knowing that, you know, on the softer tires, the Red Bull is good. But, what, you know, it seems like when you have to go on to the medium or the hards, the Mercedes has a definite advantage. Right, and right. even if it was going to be that one-stop race, if Lewis, you know, if, if he and Max would have done the same thing, not that I think that Lewis would have had the pace to get by him at the end, but the Mercedes still would have been quicker at the end of the race if yeah, they, you probably, know, if they were both on the same strategy. Yeah, I think he would have been a he would have had a better chance than if Verstappen was in second place. Um, I was going to say something it's, and I totally it's forgot. It's weird, you know, like it's been. If you look at it, you know the so Hamilton is leading the points, Max is second. 
And if you had to rank the, the reasons why Hamilton is ahead of Lewis or Hamilton is ahead of Max rather, you know, number one reason Lewis Hamilton, right? Number two reason it's, it's nothing Max has done. It's that Mercedes is just killing Red Bull in strategy. And that, that and Bottas and Bottas, yep. puts himself in a better position to, to help Lewis out. I think Valtteri mm-hmm. played a huge part in, in Hamilton's win yesterday, even yeah. though he, I mean, yeah, we'll get he, to it later, but <laughs> he made, he he made, he made Lewis l- work a little bit for it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's weird because, you know, for all of the talk about next season, it being Russell in that car along with Lewis, it's kind of like, well, why do they, why would they want to take Valtteri out of the car? He's not threatening Lewis for wins. No. And he's doing exactly what Mercedes needs a second driver to do. Right. right. And I mean, I suppose at some point it's going to come down to Valtteri. You know, do you want to be the number two driver at Mercedes or do you want to be the number one driver at, I don't know, where the hell could he even be the number one driver? Alfa Romeo. (laughs) Maybe Racing Point if Vettel leaves. Yeah, okay. Yep, I can see that. Or Aston Martin. Yeah, Aston Martin. They change their names so often, I can't remember what the hell they're called. (laughs) I know, right? I'm just going to start calling them Jordan. They're Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, it's, I, I, but I guess on the other hand, if you're him, I mean, he probably stays at Mercedes. I don't think that Valtteri has given Mercedes any kind of a reason to move on from him, but you know, and it's weird because you look at, you you know, you look around the grid, it's like, where can these guys go? Where could Russell go? Where could Valtteri go? Except Aston Martin. Right. Right. You know, that's really the only other destination there. And I, I don't know. I just, I'm not, I'm not sold on, I guess I'm really not sold on Russell being in that car next year because Valtteri does fine where Russell would probably compete more with Lewis. But if you're Mercedes, do you even want that? Yeah. You're not going to want a Nico Rosberg, Lewis Hamilton, uh, duo no. again. No. Um, and, and you know, George Russell's personality. Yeah. He showed it at Imola where it's like, uh, everything is other people's fault. And I was correct, 100% correct. Right. And I'll, and I'll, <laughs> this is the hill I'm going to die on. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I I think for Mercedes' sake, there's, they've still won the Drivers' and Constructor Championship every year that Bottas has been there. So why yeah. change it up, you know? Yeah, it's, uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, I suppose. Yeah. Now, um, Ferrari, looking good. They had a very strong race. He had Leclerc held Bottas up for a really long time. Yeah. Um, I was surprised. Leclerc is funny. I didn't, until fairly recently, I never, I've never been a Leclerc guy. And I think recently seeing in qualifying that he just, he's able to pull so much out of that car. And now with Ferrari finding a little bit more pace in the race itself, um, I don't know. It's it seems like Ferrari has gotten themselves into a spot where, along with McLaren, they're in that kind of very clear second tier of the field right now. Right is it very much just seems to be Ferrari and McLaren, which is cool from a a throwback perspective <laughs> from whichever decade you like, you know, the seventies, eighties, nineties, or early two thousands. Every decade, you know, it's it, you know. Uh, I, I did see somebody else the other day. It's 
you know, like we look at Ferrari and McLaren as the second tier and like your top tier is Mercedes and, uh, and Red Bull. If you go back, that is, that's B-A-R and Stewart, <laughs> you know? Yeah, they've come a long way. So, uh, but, uh, but Ferrari, it's, I hope it, I guess it's, it's unfortunate that this is the kind of like the last year of these regulations and there is going to be kind of a reset after the season that Ferrari seems to be getting a handle on their stuff. McLaren's kind of got a handle on their stuff. Right. It, you know, if they kind of come down the season, they're like, yeah, we're going to do one more year with this set of regulations. It really would, you know, at this point they're not gonna, but it wouldn't bother me. No, no. I think this is, this is the tightest racing we've seen, uh, at all parts of the grid for mm-hmm. a really long time. Uh, so it's a, it's a really good year, not just for Mercedes and, and Red Bull. Um, well, no, and it is, like said, it is up and down the grid where it seems like everybody has somebody to race against. Yeah. Even the you back know? markers. Yeah, yeah. Even, even Haas and uh, Haas and Williams get right. to get to mix it up every, well, I mean, one of the Haas cars gets to mix it up with the two Williams every week. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, and actually, and even, uh, even Alpine, who I think in the last two episodes, I think I had said that they were in kind of a no man's land by themselves, but they also seem to have found the pace where they they look like they're the car right after uh, McLaren and Ferrari. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. I mean, o- Ocon is... yeah, He's been great this season. Ocon is ninth in the standings right now. Mm-hmm. Um, higher than the Alpha Tauris and the Aston Martins. So mm-hmm. yeah, he's been driving really well. Everybody expected uh, Alonso to come in and wipe the floor with him, but uh, he's holding his own. He really has. And it's, which is nice to see. I like Ocon a lot. Um, you know, so he, in that car, he seems very at home. And again, Alonso, he had the time off and, you know, he's, he's Alonso. He's going to be fine. And he has been, you yeah. know, in race pace, he's been good in practice he's been you know he's been the equal of Ocon in pace in both of those but just seems like in qualifying he really hasn't quite had the measure of Ocon yet right I mean that's what two three years away from the sport that that's Mm -hmm. what happens Uh, you you get kind of rusty you kind of have to remember how far you can push you know Mm -hmm. obviously he's not used to the hardware um, but yeah he had a pretty good race at Portugal and he had a pretty decent race on Sunday up until towards the end of the race where his tires, yeah, tires just fell off the cliff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's coming along well and, and Ocon's been driving pretty well and consistently mm-hmm. all season. So I can see them finishing fifth yeah. uh, in the constructors. I think it'll be it, either way. It's this season has been, there, there's like I said, there's been racing up and down the grid, which is really all that we can ask for. Right. You know, uh, it's, yeah, maybe Mercedes has won three of the four races, but they've had to work for every single one of them, which is a lot better than we were last season and the year before. Yeah. Um, Danny Rick had a good race. Yep, really good uh, race. Better in qualifying and uh, was getting a, a lot of coaching through uh, through the weekend on like actual driving. I don't know if you'd seen any of that. Yeah, I heard some team radios with him. He, I guess he... Um, his uh, his race engineer was I mean saying you know talking about like actually physically talking about you know like how to modulate the brakes in the car said uh, <laughs> told him uh, told him to try to be more stabby with it 
That's so weird, huh? Uh, somebody having to teach Ricardo how to work the brakes. Well, and you know what? I got to say credit to Ricardo for, you know, a guy who's won Grand Prix and who we, Grands Prix, by the way, it, it, I, I always say Grand Prix because, you know, we're American, yeah. but apparently it is Grands Prix if you want to pluralize Grand Prix. I don't know why. Yeah, we're American. We're American. Yeah, we're, right. we're going to yeah. call it what we want. He, yeah. he's, won, he's won races, all right? Okay, there um, you go. You know, so... Uh, yeah, but credit to to Ricardo, he could be, you know, uh, he's you know, I I know what I'm doing. I've won races. He's probably one of the three three or four best drivers on the grid. But he's like, nope, I don't know this car. I can use the help, and he does seem to be applying it because yeah. this is probably this might have been the best race of the season for him. Um, yeah, I think it's best finish P6. Yeah, I think so. Because it, it seems like he's been he's qualified reasonably well, and then on the first lap he'll you know he'll he'll jump out pass a couple guys and then kind of fade a little bit through the race. Yeah. And this and you know in this race he did his you know he made his his pass on the first lap, but then he didn't fade. He kind of he hung around sixth place finish. I think that's that's a that's that's a good race for him. I think so too. And he finished on the lead lap, which is always nice. You don't, yes. you know, you never want to be uh, lapped. Um, and, uh, and Norris paid him back for his um, pass in Imola by letting him pass uh, Norris in the race the other day too. So, oh, there you um, go. Yeah. So, uh, I'm glad to see them working really well together. I'm not surprised by that. They both kind of have that personality, I guess. Yeah. They're, uh, I don't know. They obviously both want to win, but I don't think that there's this big rivalry with them yet. I, they're in really different places with the team and with their careers for that matter mm-hmm. that I just, I don't think, you know, I, I don't think Ricardo really has much to prove and no, I know. And, you know, and first year coming in with the team, it's like, you know, you're not necessarily expecting him. If, if Norris beat him this season, that it, I would be like, all right, yeah, that makes sense. You know, um, if Norris beats him next season, that would probably actually say more about Norris. You know, it'd be a hell of an effort by Norris. Right. But so, uh, they'll be both know. starting from scratch. So. Oh, absolutely. That's true. Yeah. Next season with the different regulations. Um, Aston Martin continues to be kind of a disappointment. Yeah. And both drivers have the updated parts on their car this week, too. Um, which seems to have helped, but not enough. Not really. P11 and P13. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know what to say. I think you were right in that. Um, I think you mentioned last week that copying that Mercedes car, um, you know, there's pros and cons to it, and they reaped mm-hmm. the pros last year, and right. this year they're they're facing all the cons. And they just don't know how to develop that car and fix the issues right. with the new regulations. Yeah, Mercedes was clearly, I, I mean, obviously Mercedes has more staff, they have more experience on that stuff. So naturally, Mercedes is going to get more of a handle on it than Aston Martin is. I think I am surprised to the extent at which Aston Martin has not gotten a handle on it. Yes. Uh, I I would have thought, you know, maybe there would be a little bit of, conversation between uh you know Otmar Sofnauer and uh and, and Toto and 
you know, it'd be just, just like I, you know, send them a drawing and be like, yeah, try this, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, which I'm sure is not allowed, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah, it's, I think if you take a concept like Mercedes does, you know, the, the low rate concept is something that Mercedes has developed themselves from scratch. And when something doesn't work on that concept, Mercedes has a really good understanding of why. And they have a really good understanding of exactly what they can do yeah, to, you know, to, to fix that. Where I just, I think that Aston Martin doesn't have nearly as firm a grip on why the low rate concept works as well as it does. I think they just, it's just one of those like, yeah, we just kind of know that it works. Yeah, I mean, they, they changed their whole aero philosophy. They changed their entire car. Um, I'm not surprised that they're running into problems now. Um, and and they, they probably don't want to risk getting in trouble again and getting penalized again. I'm sure the FIA's got uh, an even closer eye on them this year after the issues that arose last year. So That seems um, likely. Yeah, I'm sure Mercedes also doesn't want to be penalized uh, considering how close this race uh, for the Drivers' Championship is this year. So, um, yeah, I'm not really surprised that there hasn't been... I mean, there, we'll never know, but there probably hasn't been too much communication between the two teams. I can't uh, imagine that there's really yeah, been any. Quite as much as last year. Right. Um, yeah, I, just, I, I hope that they get it together because I like Vettel and I like Stroll. And I think it would be more interesting if you're Aston Martin, you know, I, I, I'd like to see Aston Martin up there with Ferrari and McLaren and Alpine. I think that would be fun. Yeah. Racing point performing well last year was part of the reason why so many races were as entertaining as they were. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and this year it's pretty much like we talked about earlier, it's Mercedes versus Red Bull and it's McLaren versus Ferrari and then right. everybody else. And they're really, it's pretty much that, uh, every single week, really. Which, I mean, it's been entertaining, you know, yeah, so it has been, but it is kind of a, I think they used to have, uh, I forget, it was like the Colin Chapman Award or something like that. Back in the turbo era, they had like a separate uh, championship for cars that were still running Cosworth DFV non turbo engines. So you basically had two different races going on in Formula One at any given time. So it almost kind of feels like that now, <laughs> you know, it's yeah, all right, right. Here's championship one for Mercedes and Red Bull and anybody else who can keep up, which is none of you right now. And then here's championship B for everybody else. Yeah. Everybody P5 and below. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, once again, I just, I don't really have anything to say about Alfa Romeo. I guess Kimi had a, a decent race and Giovinazzi was fine. Yeah. Um, once again, they, they were there. Yes, they, um, they, they showed up, and Kimmy did not uh, did not run into the back of his teammate this week, which no. was better. He, he had a little bit of a battle towards the end where, mm -hmm. with, I think, four or five cars that were battling for that last points position. Mm -hmm. um, but he kind of got the raw end of that deal. Yes. Uh, but other than that, yeah, the, the Alfa Romeos were pretty much non-existent mm -hmm. this race. A good race for George Russell. He was, uh, it, he, it was, yeah. He very nearly scored a point, uh, before the tires fell off. Not literally, but, you know, fell off. Yeah. 
uh, I think another decent qualifying as well. Yeah, he got into uh, he got into Q two, right? Yes, I think so. Oh he, yeah, yeah, yeah. He is, he... He's driving that Williams very very well, it as is... well as you can expect. It would be nice. It, it would be nice with the Williams if uh, the Williams the Williams at its peak right now. It would be nice if that was the Williams's floor. You know, yeah. um, if it was just if that was like its base level was when you see the Williams at its best, then it, it would be in that, you know, not quite Ferrari McLaren, but maybe Alpine, Alfa Romeo in that area. Yes. Um, at least, you know, I mean, they're firmly ahead of Haas right now, which is good. I'm glad to not see Williams just bring up the rear every week. That is nice. Yeah. Um, or at least Russell is anyway. Yeah, Russell. Yeah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, Latifi's been fine, I guess. Yeah. Um, but it, it just it would be nice. And I mean, next season you get the reset. So hopefully Williams, you know, kind of gets it right from the beginning and they're competitive again. Because I just, you know, I think I said they, on the last episode, it's it's more fun with a competitive Williams. Yeah, they've been improving every year. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're slowly improving, but I, I, I'm, I'm happy to see that they are improving, even if it is just a little bit. I'm assuming that they're focusing more on next year anyway. So, Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, let, let's hope that they uh, start off the new regulation era a little bit better. I think they, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Williams brought their update for Imola. And I don't know if they have any more. I I don't think that they have a whole big upgrade package uh, that they're bringing until maybe later this season, but they did bring an upgrade for Imola. So what we're probably seeing from Williams now, I would assume is what we will see for most of the remaining season. Yeah, I, I would assume even then most of these parts will probably be tested for next year's car. Yeah. Um, so they're probably not looking to make any progress this year. They're probably just looking to find data for next year. So even if they do bring parts, I, I don't expect them to uh, perform that much better anyway. No, and at this point, you're. I mean, I can't imagine that really anybody except for Red Bull and Mercedes are spending a ton of time on the 2021 car. Um, Maybe maybe McLaren and Ferrari. Yeah, they might be looking at a little bit more. Probably McLaren more than Ferrari. Um, Yeah, it it would it would behoove McLaren to finish third in the constructors. That would be big for them this season. That's more Um, money for them too. So I have to. you know, I mean, I know Aston Martin just brought their update. If I'm Aston Martin, I'd be like, "All right, look, <laughs> you know, let's 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 just get on to 2022. It's fine." Yeah. Um, you know, probably the same for Williams. Although I, on the other hand, with Williams, maybe it's good for them this season to try to have a couple of good results. You know, bring on more sponsors or something like that. Yeah, so, that's true. That's true. But uh, I don't know. I just for for next season, you know, get the big reset and hopefully it's just competitive for everybody and it's not just the beginning of the turbo hybrid era where mercedes just whooped everybody's ass and you know everybody spent the last what seven years or eight years catching up right right and and i mean i guess there is kind of a an incentive to finish lower anyway because you'll get more wind tunnel time next year Mm -hmm. um which would be really important in the first year of a new regulation uh, yeah for sure 
uh, yeah, so you know maybe maybe they don't want to develop the car and and perform better as well. I think I mean they're going to be, you know, they're probably going to be what ninth, maybe eighth, but probably ninth in the constructors anyway. So yeah, yeah, you know. So the, I mean, they're the getting Alfa Romeos still look better than the Williams. Yeah, which I guess at this point you have to say that Ferrari's engine is pretty decent. Yeah, I think so. You know, they they do seem to have gotten most of their uh, you know most of their horsepower back, which is good. Um, you know, because going into next year, I don't know. I just I want everybody to be on relatively equal footing. I do too, and I think you'll see that for the you know probably good first quarter or so of the year, while every team's still trying to figure it out, and it probably won't be towards like the halfway point where where teams start figuring out what works and what doesn't before mm-hmm. you'll see teams starting to create a huge gap in the standings. Right. So at the very least, the first part of next year should be interesting. So Yuki Sonoda had a interesting oh, weekend. Tough, tough. Yeah. The, <laughs> interesting. Well, yeah. Cause so we didn't even talk about, I mean, we, you know, we, we spoke about, you know, before this, uh, in qualifying and uh, and stuff, you know, his comments about the car, which seemed to be fairly ill-advised for a rookie, uh, yes. especially when Red Bull basically controls his life. Yeah, not only that, you're a Honda-backed driver in a Honda-powered car. And, and you're... well, not for nothing, but Honda's gone after the season. Yeah, right, <laughs> so... right. Um, yeah, you're you're not you're not doing yourself any favors by degrading the um, team in public mm-hmm. right after you put in a poor performance. Um, and basically what he said, I think, was the car felt good in practice and then something changed. The car's not good enough. I don't know what they did. I'm driving better than the car is or or, or I'm faster than the car is. Mm-hmm. Um which as soon as I heard that, I was just thinking, oh, Yuki, <laughs> Yuki, Yuki, you cannot say that. Um, I, d- I don't remember what the AlphaTauri um, team principal, his name, I forget what his name is, but I'm... Oh, I should know that. Is it oh, Franz? Uh, Tot. Tot? Franz Tot or something yeah, like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's not gonna like hearing that. He's not. He's not very outspoken character Mm -hmm. but uh news from around the paddock is that that's not something that he really likes to hear from his drivers no Um, and uh it's i just just, just, i just went back looking uh through the texts yeah and because i wasn't aware of that i got a text from you yes and uh yuki is blaming his performance on the car saying it's too slow for him and he thinks gasly has a better setup and car all in public after raging about the car over team radio. Even the commentators were acting awkward and cagey about his public criticism. Yes, yes. And because it's, it, it is, well, I guess it's very on brand for Yuki. And when he first did that, you know, in, in uh, preseason testing and stuff, it was like, oh, this guy's going to be fun. You know, right. He, right. He t- and, and don't get me wrong, I love this. <laughs> You know, oh, I do too. I, yeah. I I like I like the shit stirring. I think it's I think it's great, and I'm sure a, at least a little bit of it. You know, English is a second language, whatnot. He's young. He's still, you know, like I think you would say that in 
now you know we we know his tendency towards swearing and whatnot um but i think you would probably you know it would probably be fair to say that his second language is not as polished i guess as yeah that's some other guys are with their second language so to some of it you know like if he if this was one of those things where it's like you know it was like one word that made it sound worse or something like that but right. this was like a whole like diatribe. Yes, it, <laughs> so, it was. It was a very long rant. Um, yeah, so. it, and it, it and it's one of those like you know you can't. It's not something that you can put down to language, because it's it's like oh no he was he was very clear. Yeah, about, he knew what he was saying. Yeah, he and he you know he's he like finishes saying it and I'm sure that they're like Yuki do you mean and he's like no no <laughs> and another thing you know right, uh, right. you know they're setting up Gasly's car better than mine which. To me, and I said this to you, I, I don't think AlphaTauri has any incentive to do that. No. I I think Gasly is gone from that team after this season. You I mean, know? yeah, I, I don't know if it's this season, but they've made it clear that Gasly doesn't really. After this year? I think he's only on a one year contract. I feel like it, I I just I feel like with the 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 article he did in the Players Tribune and stuff, I feel like AlphaTauri is probably because they sort of he sort of aired Red Bull out a little bit. Yeah. So. I don't know how they feel, but so it just it wouldn't surprise me if Gasly is going from that team at the end. Of the yeah, year. I mean, Red Bull has clear has made it clear that um, they're not looking to Gasly for their future anymore. No, no, at, at not. least not on on the A team, not on the actual Red Bull team. So he has really no reason to to stay with AlphaTauri if he gets a better offer somewhere else. No, and it seemed like when that when that happened, you know, it became clear, yeah, Gasly is not going to be going back to Red Bull. But that was also when they said, well, Alpha Tower is no longer the junior team, it's a sister team. Yeah. And all right, yeah, they want to build the team around Pierre Gasly. Okay, that's fine. Then, you know, the thing came out, you know, the article in the Players Tribune and Gasly's been kind of vocal about stuff in the team and with Red Bull since then. So I, yeah. if I'm... If I'm Alpha Tauri, I don't let that be the determining factor for me bringing him back or not because he's super talented. He's really, really fast. He is. So I would like to see Gasly back in that car. I just Red Bull seems more spiteful than a lot of other teams. <laughs> so I just yeah. I could see them getting rid of him for that. I don't I don't know much about Helmet Marco, but he doesn't seem like a fun guy to work for. Not particularly, no. No. I, I think the only, um, I'm sure Max has a good relationship with him. Because, yeah, well, he's he's the prodigal son. Yeah, so. Max is the is the wonder kid, yeah. and I think Danny Rick probably did because he gets along with everybody. But uh, I just he saw he saw the writing on the wall though. Oh yeah, no, Ricardo, he so. he he saw the team was being moved to being from being about him to being about Max. So. Yeah. Which you know, if you're Red Bull, I suppose that makes sense. Every every incident that they would have on track, even if they didn't come out and clearly say it, Red Bull would almost put the blame on Ricardo. Yeah, God, think about where that team would be right now if their drivers were <laughs> were, were Max and Danny Rick. Yeah, Danny Rick drove the the hell out of that car. Oh yeah. So yeah. No, he was he was he was he was great in the Red Bull. He was magic. Yeah, but they burned bridges with him. So no, they did, <laughs> and it's really unfortunate. Yeah. I, I um, honestly think in this car this year with Ricardo and Verstappen, I think they would probably be at the top of the constructors' uh, standings right now. I think I agree with you because I think that both Max 
and Ricardo would be ahead of Valtteri. Yeah, definitely. Um, so top three winners from you for this week. Top three winners. Um, obviously Hamilton. We should probably call this the Lewis Hamilton Memorial winners category. Yeah. <laughs> Lewis Hamilton and the other top two winners. Right. Um, hmm. I would say Hamilton, Leclerc, mm-hmm. and Ricardo. Yeah. That's about right. <laughs> yeah. Leclerc, because he drove really well um, defending against Bottas uh, and created a gap that was so huge that Perez couldn't catch up uh, once Perez got past the traffic and Ricardo for finally seeming to get a handle on that car for the first time all year. Uh, I know he finished P6 at uh, Imola, uh, but that was a wet race with other issues on track. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I think this today or Sunday was probably the, the first, his strongest race all year. I would also go uh, honorable mentions because I, I think I would choose the same guys. Um, honorable mentions, I guess, for uh, Esteban Ocon, who you wouldn't think starting fifth and finishing ninth, we'd be saying that that was a really good race, but that was a really good race. It, it was for, uh, for, for Esteban for Ocon. That car. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, George Russell, I think, uh, deserves a little bit of praise for that. He did as much as he could. And, uh, Mick Schumacher. And that might be kind of a, I don't know, maybe I'm aggregating that, but I've been impressed with Mick for the whole season, pretty much. He had, uh, you know, a a couple spins a couple of weeks ago, but he's just been kind of plugging away, seems to be getting the most out of that Haas. He's, aside from almost running over uh, his Jackman, he really hasn't (laughs) been making any mistakes. Yeah, staying out of trouble on like his teammate. Oh, we yeah. didn't even talk about that. <laughs> I wasn't I, going to. I mean, but, uh, I mean, I mean, when Toto gets on the radio and starts complaining to the to the to the stewards, yeah, you well, you don't hear Toto Wolf doing that. Often. No, and they they both said that after the race, where he said, "Yeah, that's rare." I was like, oh. "Yeah." Um, I do like that they've added that to the uh, to the broadcast, though. I did too apparently it's something that they've been working on for a little while so they've actually for the uh it hasn't made it onto the broadcast but it has been something that they've been monitoring and looking at doing that with and i do think it gives an interesting kind of behind the scenes where you can see that there's either politicking or policing whatever you'd like to call it going on there for you know from the teams for their drivers right right it's interesting. It's interesting to hear. So if we have the Lewis Hamilton Memorial winners category, then we probably have to have the Nikita Mazepin Memorial winners <laughs> category. Yeah. So um, let's let's uh, let's leave Mazepin out of this one. Okay. Uh, three non Nikita Mazepin losers. I, I I should just point out. I almost feel bad. For Mazepin at this point, because he Explain. just like, well, because so I'm sure that growing up, whatnot, you know, his dreams to be a Formula One driver, he finally gets there. It's going terribly, and everybody hates him. So, like, it, it 
I'm like, yes, I realize he brought most of this upon himself, but that still sucks. So oh, yeah, it I'm, still sucks. Like I said, I'm 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 not quite to where I feel badly for him because he's still a Formula One driver and his dad's a billionaire. So like, how badly can I feel about him? Right. But, I mean, I mean, just look at his teammate Schumacher. Pretty much brought up the same way. Rich kid had dreams of being an F1 driver, mm-hmm. but father was literally like the greatest of all time. Right. Right. Having to live in that shadow your entire life. But he still somehow turned out to be a decent human being Seems to be off a good the guy. track. Yeah. Yep. Off the track and on the track. And is showing, I mean, granted, his father was a six time F1 champion. Mm-hmm. Um, but still the the <laughs> the the difference between those two drivers um is kind of shocking. I it's funny that I actually thought, you know, it like personality and that stuff wise yeah i realized there i thought that they would be a lot closer on the track because mazepin had been i mean for, not, you know he didn't like, have a terrible year last year he didn't know and he you know he won some races what, what did he finish like fifth um, in, in f2 or whatever i, I think he, so but he's had like i was reading about it, like he's had formula one tests like dating back to like 2016 he tested for Force India. He tested for Mercedes. He, you know, he yeah. he actually has Formula One driving experience. And I realize the car is different this year, but I'm I am surprised the extent to which Mick Schumacher is just putting it on him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so all right. So now that we've <laughs> I really I really wasn't going to talk about uh about Mazepin, but um how can you not though? I, no, I know it's just it, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be uh, the like we said about Lewis. It's like man, we say this every week, and that's gonna be amazing. Well, we say this every week. It's blue flags and ignoring blue flags, and, holding people know. up. Yeah. Um. So who who uh, who else? Losers. You got? Losers. Um. Just for the general overall weekend, I have to put Perez on the losers list. Mm-hmm. Um. N- his qualifying was not that great. And granted, yeah, he, he made complaints about his health. Right. I, I don't know how bad it was. Um, but still, you're an F1 driver. You're a professional F1 driver for Red Bull in the second fastest car on the grid. You need to be performing better than uh, P8 and Quali. Right. Um, I might have to give an L to Norris as well. Yeah, I considered that considering his his first three performances this i don't know what his deal was i didn't see much of him in in the race well no but remember in qualifying uh you know the 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 aforementioned nikita mazepin yeah uh, held him up in q1 Mm -hmm. and you'd be like okay well but he ended up fastest in q1 but that's because he had to use a second set of tires which he then didn't have available in q3 and that's true too. That's so true. he only got to do the one run on new tires in Q3. So with Norris, I I mostly agree in that he, you know, you, you only have put it this way, you know, Lewis Hamilton, Max, Danny Rick, if he was used to the car, mm-hmm. knowing that they only have the one run in you know in Q3 on the new tires would have made it work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're right. You're right. And, and 
you know, look, Norris, so he's not on the level of those three guys yet. That's fine. So, yeah, I think probably a little disappointing from Norris. I would, I would put him in, if I was if I was doing this, I'd probably put him in the honorable mentions of the losers category. Yeah, I, I only put him there because I don't have too many other losers. Yeah. It's really, you know, I mean, everybody kind of, I mean, maybe you can give a, give one to Gasly for his boneheaded move. Yeah, you probably have to go Gasly. Yeah, um, which which definitely cost him uh, because he finished so close behind to Ocon, mm-hmm. like literally not not even like a half a second behind Ocon at the end Two of the tenths, race there. I think. Yeah, right, right. Um, so you, you probably have to give it to Gasly. He definitely would have finished far in front of Ocon uh, considering how long he was sitting behind him at the end of the race there. Right. And then, I mean, other than that, I don't really have any other losers everybody else basically did pretty much what you would expect yeah um and and i I would put norris on there because he looked better than ricardo in the first three races i expected him to perform mm -hmm. better this race too but if ricardo's getting a handle on that car i can see why he didn't but he also finished behind both ferraris as well i considered uh alonso but I think it's really more of a strategy thing where Alpine went for the one-stop strategy for both of them. And that just really wasn't the way to go. The, the pace of the Alpine and, you know, the, and for that matter, Ocon and Alonso in this race was much better than ninth and 17th would indicate. Yes. I I would agree with that. Uh, I think the, the main loser for the race was not a driver it was whoever was doing the strategy for Red Bull. And while I realize you're limited by Checo not being in position to, you know, prevent the undercut, if I'm if I'm them, I think when Lewis comes in for the undercut, I just pit Max the next lap. The Lewis came out. Lose? What do you have to lose well, at that exactly. point? Exactly. So you either end up just ahead of him or just behind him. Right, because he and, was clearly faster than Bottas. So even if he right. slots in behind Bottas, he's going to pass him no matter what. I think so. Yeah. And, you know, and if it's the same thing, you know, because it would have been the same situation where Bottas's tires would have been junk and yep. Max and Lewis both would have been in the position that Lewis was with much better tires. So I know for me... I would have much rather been in the position that Hamilton was in hunting Max down than being in the position that Max was, where even though you had 23 seconds of track position, yeah, now he's taken a second and a half, two seconds a lap, uh, you know, a lap out of you every single lap. So yeah. just at that, t- at that point, you just knew it was just a matter of time. Yeah. I, I honestly think if you just look at the pace that Verstappen was on, um, when he finally went on to the softs for his final like what was it like mm-hmm. six laps? Right. He came out of the pits, I think a good 24, 25 seconds behind Hamilton. Yeah. And then closed it up to 15 seconds. Yeah. It was very fast. Yes. I mean, maybe, maybe because Hamilton knew that he had the win in the bag, he kind of let off a little bit, but I think he was still going for fastest lap at the end of the race there too. Mm -hmm. So I don't think he let off too much, too much, but I think, I think Red Bull strategy really dropped the ball on this one again. Mm -hmm. 
they would have had a really good chance of making it more competitive than than what it turned out to be if they would have just pitted Verstappen. And and when they when Hamilton pitted that second time, I was almost raging at the fact that Red Bull didn't pit Verstappen right afterwards. Right. Just because of the pace he had all, all day long. And he I mean he had when Lewis came in, Max had a second a second and change. And I realized that Lewis is probably going to grab most of that back, you know, on his outlap versus Max with the tire. But Red Bull is generally much better in the pits than Mercedes is. Barring that first pit stop. Yeah. Well, you know, and that was on Max, though, I think. Yeah, I I think they, they didn't know he was coming. Yeah. So, you know, and they were a little bit slow on the left rear, but, you know, you don't know that he's coming in until he hits the pit lane. You have to go scramble, grab the tires, get set up. Four mm-hmm. second stop in that situation is still pretty impressive. Yeah, it's not bad. So, but just, you know, if you're like, all right, Red Bull and Mercedes are coming in. One team is going to do a 1.9 second stop. One team is going to do a three second stop. Nine times out of 10, it's Red Bull doing the sub two second stop. Right. So just to me, if I'm, especially, I mean, if I'm, Red Bull, I probably also take that into consideration. How quick of a stop did Mercedes just do? Oh, they just did 3.2. Bring him in. Right. You know, because if we think he's going to gain a second and a half a lap, maybe we can get Max back out there three quarters of a second ahead of him. Yeah. You know, now uh, at that point, Hamilton's tires are heated up. Maybe Hamilton goes back around him, but at least now they're in the same, you know, they're on the same strategy. So you don't have a situation where just Hamilton is just two seconds a lap faster. It was crazy. Yeah, even if he comes out behind Hamilton, he's coming out right behind Hamilton, anyways. You know, right. it's not gonna, it's not like he's gonna be ten seconds behind Hamilton, no. and they're and they're both on brand new tires. Mm-hmm. He he's coming out a second or two behind Hamilton, and and if of all the racers on the grid, all the drivers, Verstappen is the one that you want to be chasing Hamilton down. You have him on your team, right? Like, why not give him a chance mm-hmm. by not pitting? his tires are going to die and you mm. know that they weren't even the hard tires i think he was still on the mediums at that point so mm-hmm. they they knew that those tires weren't going to last and they still let him try to hold him off anyway and well, i i just don't get it you know the the other thing that they could have done and i don't know if the situation ever presented it in terms of traffic or anything like that but you waited until lewis was right on max's gearbox to bring him in so you had a 22-second gap. Lewis took about a second and a half out of it every single lap. So Impressive. when that happened, I think Lewis was like 20. When they came out, Lewis was like 24 seconds back with like 25 laps to go or something like that. So I'm like, all right, well, why not just do what they did? Cut it in half. So run Max for another 10 laps instead of another 20. Yeah. Bring Max in and now send him back out. 10 or so seconds behind Lewis with the fresh, but on tires. fresher tires. Yeah. So, you know, give Max 10, you know, all right, maybe he only has 12, you know, 12 laps or whatever, but he's going to gain that second or so a lap maybe over Hamilton. So just do what Mercedes just did to you. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, I just, I, I think that there were other things to do other than just have Max, just be a sitting duck out there waiting for yeah. Hamilton to come past. He, he was he was never going to win. He was never going to hold Hamilton back. Yeah, 
and they knew that everybody knew that and i think yeah. even I, I think even the commentators expected red bull to pit him yeah um, the it's lap just, after if it was like if it was somebody that wasn't lewis hamilton if if hamilton you know if hamilton had gone out of the race and it was valtteri botas that was in the same position as lewis and i said like, well maybe max holds him off right but it's but it's lewis you just you know there's no chance yeah i mean uh, they 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 pulled the they pitted Verstappen at Bahrain when this exact situation happened and mm-hmm. he caught up to Hamilton, yeah. you know, and he almost overtook him. It yeah. was, if he it did. were not Just for, give it back. yeah. So, um, and they saw what happens when they don't pit him in Hungary in 2019, Hamilton comes back and overtakes him anyway. Right. And I mean, they've, they've, they've been presented with this situation before and they've seen what worked or what could have worked and what didn't work. And I'm surprised that they decided to go for what they've seen before and and saw that didn't work. And they were just like, oh, it's fine. We'll just keep them on the tires. Yeah. They, I don't know. Too conservative of a, a strategy for me. What is it? It's that uh, the the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over <laughs> again and expecting different results. That's Red Bull. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. they just, they, you know, when you're one car against two, you're limited, but last season i mean red bull i think just maybe it's like they've they've been the chaser for so long they don't know how to lead races right you know it, if Checo was there it would make it a lot easier on them but you know think outside the box a little bit that's an easy excuse though to it say is. that uh, yeah to say that perez wasn't there to to be his tail gunner and yeah okay that's that's an inconvenience but i mean look at the gap that verstappen had at the end when they did finally pit him with six laps to go mm-hmm. and he pulled back like eight nine ten seconds in six right. laps imagine what he could have done if you'd have just pitted him like five laps earlier or ten yeah. laps earlier like you, you were go. saying yeah um, give him you know it's give him give him 12 13 14 laps Let give, him see a, what he can yeah, do. give him a chance to win at least instead of having him just sit there on dead tires and knowing that even if even when like Hamilton catches up to him, he's not going to be able to defend whatsoever, you know? No. And I, I'm, I'm sure from a driver perspective, it's probably like I said, you, you would have much rather been Lewis Hamilton in that race than Max. Oh yeah. They definitely had the upper hand. Mercedes had the upper hand in that situation. Just even, even when he was 20 something seconds back, you know, they, they, they come on the, you know, they come on the radio <laughs> tell me it's 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 hungry 2019 all over again and yeah uh, even they knew it yeah and and lewis you know lewis said well i might not have uh yeah i might not have tires left at the end of the race and they said well neither will max yeah and lewis said well worse. i'll definitely have more tires than max yeah i mean i just with all those guys that they have on the on the computers doing the strategy after the first two laps and you saw hamilton's pace on the new tires you yeah. still you still had time to pit Verstappen and, and give him a chance. Like you should have known after the second lap, like, oh yeah, he's definitely gonna catch up with us. Yeah. But uh, they still just sat on those old medium tires anyway, which just boggles my mind. And this isn't the first time that they've met us messed up a strategy call. I think they I think they anticipated the delta between them being smaller because there was a radio call to Max where they said that Lewis is going to catch them on the last lap not like seven laps from the end <laughs> yeah boy 
boy so, were they wrong yeah it was it was just a much 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 bigger uh gap in pace than they thought yeah um i don't know anything else from the race jump out at you um there was more action at the new turn 10 than i expected yeah uh i had watched the races from 2017 2018 to 2020 mm-hmm. uh after i was online and saw a multitude of people complaining about um getting rid of a hard braking zone at turn mm-hmm. 10 and eliminating an overtaking spot right. and i thought to myself i don't ever remember seeing an overtake <laughs> happening at turn 10 so i went back and watched the highlights and some races uh for the last three years and there was absolutely no action at turn mm-hmm. 10 um, and I was surprised since they made it like a, a wider sweeping corner there. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was actually some some action there, uh, which surprised me, um, considering it wasn't a hard breaking zone. But what it did was it created um, more lines through that corner mm-hmm. um, where cars could either go in tight and screw up their exit or go in, you know, um, go in loose and get a better exit and mm-hmm. it created more action at turn 10 and I'm, I'm surprised at that and i think it actually made for a more entertaining race it was actually because I, th- I think we had talked about this leading up to it where it's often at spain it can be kind of processional yeah. and it really was not that so i think the i i, I don't know if i want to put it down to the changes made to the floor with the cars being more difficult to drive and maybe having a little bit easier time following it. It was a good race. It was a, yeah. it, it was a, it was a real entertaining race. And yeah, for I wouldn't Spain, give it, that's, you know, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't give it five stars out of five, no. but I would give it like a solid three and a half, three, yeah, three and I, a half stars. I was, I was going to say on a, a, you know, zero to a hundred scale, I'd probably give it that 79, 80, somewhere in that ballpark it was it was a good race better than what most people expected anyway which does count for something i think so you know i say if you're expecting a snooze fest and you get a race like this that was really really good you know Ah, speaking of snooze fests um monaco next week (laughs) i can't wait you know um yeah so we'll do uh we'll do more of a monaco preview probably this upcoming week because there's no race this weekend So we'll have to have something to talk about to yeah. Monaco. And then we'll do the, the top five drivers that we've been threatening to do for four episodes now. Um, <laughs> it's, it's where I've heard with Monaco where people, uh, some people think it's going to play more to Mercedes strength. Some people think it's going to be a Red Bull track. I saw somebody on F1 Twitter that was very hopeful that it's going to be a Ferrari race. Ferrari. I mean, the Ferrari's been good in slow corners, and Monaco has quite a lot of those. So Leclerc did did drive pretty well at Imola and at Portimao. So eh, maybe if I mean, if if you're gonna get an aberration like that anywhere, Monaco would be the place. So yeah, I mean, I mean, Ferrari obvi- Monaco is obviously um, is not very engine or power dependent. So. No. Yeah, I could I could see Ferrari if they if they get the uh, a, no, a good setup going. It's mostly track position dependent. Yeah, track it's, position. Well, yeah, um, good arrow mm-hmm. um, for quali, and then hope to God that you qualified well. It's the cars are just. It's not even that they're too fast; it's that they're too big for Monaco. Too wide, yeah. Yeah, they're one of the cars. They're like nine friggin' feet wide. You know, <laughs> Gee, that's what uh, they look like. I mean, it's just. 
it's tough. That's just, it's a narrow track with walls on both sides. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. You, you used know? to be able to see cars go wheel to wheel in Monaco. Yeah. And it's almost impossible nowadays. Somebody's hitting a and wall. It's, it is more of a, it's what I think that the, uh, that the Miami Grand Prix is going to be. It's more about the spectacle than about the right, race, right. you know, right. cause is the, is the Indy 500? It usually is that same weekend. Yeah, I think it is. So, I mean, the Indy 500 will be a definitively better race. I think so. You know, it's just... But, but Saturday for Monaco will be definitely more... That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. So so we'll talk more about that. I'm going to do... Uh, I'll do some research on, uh, on the cars and see who, you know, and see who we think it favors. And um, yeah, then, God, then after that, we'll be talking Monaco. Yeah, and we'll. I'll have to. I'll have to watch those videos on my favorite drivers again. Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks since I actually went through them. So, uh, yeah, I. But I, I, I took a... your advice, and I'm gonna put Albin at number one. So, oh, there you go. Alert. Oh, gave it away. See, I'm gonna have to edit. That. I'm gonna have to bleep that part out. <laughs> <laughs> As if they wouldn't know anyway. No, it, it, like I said, we are we are doing favorite drivers, not you know greatest Best. of all time. Because yeah, you know, like. Like I said, otherwise, then the list would just be all right: Hamilton, Schumacher, Senna, Fangio, and who do you have? Yeah, you know, who's rounding out your top five? I don't know. Maybe Prost. Prost or or um, Sir Sterling Moss, if you want to do that. Um, yeah. Hakkinen, maybe. You can have the Vettel conversation. Yeah, you could. You could. So there you oh, go. So that'd be a whole. Yeah. yeah. Who's who is the fifth best F one driver of all time? There we go. We're we're starting to argue already. See, that'll, I like it. That'll that'll be a good podcast too. Yeah, that'd be good. We'll we'll uh we'll do that on the uh on on the off weeks. You know, we'll we'll sneak something else in there. So watch, <laughs> it'll be it'll be uh however many listeners we get for our regular podcast, and it'll be like you know, three people yeah. for. Yeah. Oh, I, I um I started linking the podcast to my YouTube videos. Oh, did so, oh yeah. that, that reminds me. I just uh, apparently I don't know what it is with the with the timing on YouTube or if they hear me talking to you that. Anytime we're recording this show is always when I get the alert about your new video. Really? Yeah. Did you just I, get one? Yeah, I just got the yeah about your uh, your your bad drivers video. Dirty drivers. Dirty, dirty drivers. drivers. Yeah, video. there's there yeah there's a difference. <laughs> so, all right, so all right, since since you're linking the podcast on the video, let's talk about the video on the podcast. So, is that actually so? This is actual people that you've raced against online. Yeah, just random people that I I run into in in public lobbies and stuff like that. Um, I don't know why for this this last week. Um, well, I've been doing uh, races where I just jump in during qualify like during qualifying, so I'm mm -hmm. not actually qualifying myself. So I always start last, so like okay. P twenty or P nineteen, however many guys are in there. Mm -hmm. And um, this last week, every time I go and overtake the guy in first place or or whoever started on pole. Mm -hmm. um, they've just been crashing into me out of anger. They're like, like, I think they're, they're embarrassed that the guy that started in P20 is overtaking them on like lap nine. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, they've just been crashing into me. So I was just like, all right, let me make a, a video about this. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I probably sound a little salty on the video just because it kind Understandable. of, yeah, it made me pissed off watching it again. But when it happens, I usually get over it. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, when the race is over and stuff like that, I don't, I don't uh, harbor any ill will. And if I run into them again online, I'm not going to crash into them on purpose or anything like that. But I just figured it'd make for a good video. But you do have a list next to your computer with all of their names. 
oh yeah there's a special folder where i put these recorded races into and i'm just like all right there's an asshole in this race so <laughs> so are you have to put when, that in there when you do that are you just do you record every race and then just if, if there's something worth it you save it or like yeah yeah I, I record every race and if it's literally just me going from p20 to p1 in like the second lap because everybody crashed out i'm just like i i either stop the recording or after the race is over i just go in and I delete it every once in a while. I'll, I'll go into my video folder and just kind of skim through it to see if it's anything really worth making a video about. And mm -hmm. then, um, yeah, just get rid of the stuff that I don't. And, but, and then there's other times where I'm purpose, like I have a purpose for creating a video and I'll just, um, record as many races as I want to for that video. And then I'll cut it down during editing, but yeah, I don't, mm -hmm. I don't have too many hard drives, so I can't, <laughs> I can't keep too many races. I was gonna say, yeah, you run out of space in a hurry doing that. Yeah. Do you have uh you have anything else you're working on since you just finished that? Um no, probably just more road to 110 episodes. Um, I think I have a Mexico uh a, a race at Mexico and I think a race at Singapore that I'm working on right now, editing. Mm -hmm. So um, nice. yeah, that's about it. How about you? What's up with your other so, podcast? So I just posted uh the the one about uh, the fabulous hudson hornet right i still have to check that one out that was it, i had a tough time with that for the first like i think i said the first 600 words or so i usually write 2500 to 3000 words uh to script the show which that gets me right about 20 minutes and i had a tough time because that's not my era and it's right, not right. it's not my favorite thing but it was so my my grandfather owned a Hudson Hornet. My dad learned to drive on a Hudson Hornet, and it was actually my uh, my grandfather that requested that I do an episode on the Hudson Hornet. Ah, okay. So I'm like, all right, I'll 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 do the Hudson Hornet, and I find that you know to the surprise of absolutely no one, the older uh, car that I choose, the less you know media and stuff there is about the car out there. All so. Right. When I did, and it wasn't around for that long either. So yeah, yeah. And so uh, you know, when I did the Audi 90 GTO, like that was great because 1989. There were videos from like 1990 and kind of cool stuff I could grab. Yeah. Uh, the next episode I'm doing, I like I said, is the 99 uh, Corvette C5R. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be a good one because there's so much stuff out there on the C5R. Right. So. I'll be surprised if that one, you know, my Audi episode went half hour, the Hudson Hornet episode, I think went 20 minutes. Um, and the only audio that I used in that episode was I had a little bit of audio of the exhaust of like a straight piped Hudson Hornet. And I had audio of Doc Hudson from, uh, from the movie cars, which looking forward to that. Yeah. I don't think I'm actually allowed to use that, but because I'm not monetizing it, also nobody listens to it so <laughs> it probably won't be an issue um i, I, I just that. put a song into a video this week that i'm not sure if it's royalty free either but i'm sure i'll find out yeah you'll enough. find out when youtube says yeah we've demonetized your video <laughs> so, oh great yeah all the money i'm making from three people i know right <laughs> um so i uh, actually so my i'll tell you my my news of the week and this will be news to my employer if they happen to listen to this is that i just got a new job so Yay. you're right. So it's, it's nothing to write home about. It's still driving and whatnot, 
but is this is this the job you were telling me about last week yes so it is uh it's four days a week nice so that's the main thing is that i'm going to have a full day off during the week when my children are out of the house and uh at you know at least for the short amount of time that they're gone so i think that'll actually that'll help me a lot with the other show because i and i do actually still want to do either some streaming or some video you know where uh you know maybe a car that i don't want to do a full podcast on but i want to go and do like you know 10 15 minutes you know yeah pull up a race talk about the car while i'm racing something like that um but uh yeah, so something that'll in be, a set of Corsa or something. Yeah, so I mean, you know, that'll be uh, that that'll be a big help. Uh, so I have a week and a half left of my current job. Although I did <laughs> when I when I left today, I cleaned out my work truck as if I'm not going back there tomorrow because I worked 12 hours today. And frankly, when I left there, I wasn't sure if I was going back tomorrow. So, oh boy. Uh, but I uh, I've I've decided I will actually go to work tomorrow. I suppose. But if it's another twelve-hour day tomorrow, I can't. I cannot guarantee that I will be there on Thursday. So, either way, the the way it's shaken out is I'm going to have a full week off in between jobs. So, uh, right, I don't plenty know. of time to work on your podcast. You know, and uh, I, I just I've gone to I've gone to a week and a half production schedule instead of a week. So I give myself a you know ten days to do this stuff, and that actually helps me out a lot, especially if I'm pulling audio and all the editing and getting rid of me saying uh and all the mouth noises and stuff that takes so much time (laughs) yeah i used to say uh and um in my video so much but now i'm i'm like yeah you're conscious of it right yeah i'm consciously trying to avoid it but sometimes it's just not worth going back and re-editing it i'm just like ah screw it (laughs) do you actually script your videos or do you just kind of wing it sometimes i'll script like an intro but i'm i'm usually editing or I'm usually recording my audio as I'm editing it and picking out what's worth it and what's not. I feel mm-hmm. like um, it's it's much quicker for me and uh, okay. easier for me to do it that way. Otherwise, it's it's really hard for me to if if I I did try writing stuff out, but it's really hard for me to time it correctly with the video, and it was kind of a pain in the ass. So um, now I just kind of wing it. But the the last video I did like a a little stupid commercial at the beginning of my mm-hmm. video. So I, I just scripted that just so I kind of remembered what I That's had to That's probably say. smart. Yeah. So so you're actually reacting to your video as you're like you're like watching the video, and I, cause, I don't know for some reason I thought that you had like recorded it and then like laid the audio over the top of the video. Oh yeah, yeah. I record it, and then once I have enough material for a video, then I'll go back. I'll okay, drag, okay. Yeah, I'll you. drag all the videos into the editing program, and I kind of have an idea of how the the races went anyway. So I'll mm-hmm. know to look out for like certain points in the race, and then just kind of cut and splice and chop it up uh, as I'm recording the audio. I think this part of the podcast is very much just for us. Everybody else bailed. <laughs> 15 minutes ago probably when we finished the review so if you're still yeah. hanging on guys thank you yeah. <laughs> but uh you know i, I did the material right oh by the way uh big shouts if you're uh if you're listening to this from what uh, sweden the netherlands uh uk canada i think we've had listeners from all those places which is pretty you know pretty uh pretty awesome actually i guess it's good that we're we're big hamilton and verstappen fans then yeah for sure or um, at least we talk about them a lot yeah you know and we'll uh you know, we'll, we'll, we will pander to literally everybody. 
you know yes. so uh you know for for the germans you know we love mick schumacher um you know, <laughs> we big, do big uh, do big nikita mazepin fans over here if we start getting some listeners in russia <laughs> i wouldn't go that far no but... <laughs> no i don't think we'll go that far but uh but for our canadian friends we're, you know, we're kibbyat let's... fans i like kibbyat i do like kibbyat yep yeah there you go uh, there you yeah. go russia see uh you know lance stroll nicholas latifi those are our guys canada come on <laughs> yeah we don't yeah. have anybody from america to support so no, we don't. And even our, our, our American team is painted like the Russian flag. So does, um, doesn't the, um, the Fittipaldi's weren't they born in America? Do they race under the U S flag or no? No, they're, uh, classically been under the Brazilian flag. Oh, okay. I wasn't I sure. Could be wrong about Christian Fittipaldi, but I believe that Pietro, uh, and certainly Emerson, uh, I think raced they, as Brazilian. Okay. All even right. though they, I mean, you know, Nigel Mansell lives in America, but you know, he's, yeah, he's he's about as British as it gets. Yeah. Well, Albin was a British born and bred, I guess, um, half British. Mm-hmm. And he raced under the Thai flag, so. Well, see, there you go. You know? I'm sure. I'm sure the uh, the the Thai portion that owned Red Bull uh, was happy to see that. Every you know, like all things in this show come back to Alex Albon. <laughs> it always does. One this day. Is, Change, change, change in the change in the title. This is now the Alex Albon F1 show. I literally used to talk to him. Um, I mean, talk about him so much to my girlfriend that she was like, "God, you're acting like he's your boyfriend or something like that." And I was just like, "Oh, maybe one day. <laughs> maybe, maybe one day." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Alex, really, if you're listening, I love you. Just, okay. just really envious of George Russell and how good of friends he is right, with right, Alex right. Albon. And that's why I'm su- I'm such a huge Russell fan because he's really good friends with Alex. So. Trying to live vicariously through George <laughs> Russell, not in terms of him being an F1 driver, just in terms of him being good friends with Alex Albon. He gets to hug him. Oh. Did he um, DTM season started, didn't it? Uh, testing. So you were <laughs> okay. right. You were right a couple podcasts ago when you said that he he was uh, testing. I think he finished like sixth in the timing charts. In oh, that's good. Yeah, nice. good for for first year. There we go. I'll be interested to see how it looks with him with the uh, with the eighteen inch wheels on that uh, on that Red Bull and how he does in that test. Yeah, um, I think they tested today, didn't they? Today and tomorrow. Oh, maybe I don't even know. I was uh, I said you know I I, I worked twelve hours today. I really did. I didn't. I I got to listen to podcasts. I didn't really get to read anything. Usually I spend a fair amount of my day when I don't have a lot actually going on at work. I try yeah. to extend my day by about half an hour by reading and playing Pokemon go on my phone. <laughs> so, but, uh, but t- today I, I, I wasn't in the mood. I just wanted to get out of there as soon as I could. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Well, I think that probably does it for the show. So yes. um, thank you guys for sticking for the last 15 minutes that had nothing to do with formula one. Yeah, I apologize for, for, very for that, but we're having a good time. So, you yeah. Know. Um, but yeah, so uh, like I said, uh, thank you to anybody who's subscribing. Thank you to all you guys who are listening. And we can't actually say that because we can confirm at this point that we have more than two listeners. Yeah, it's not just me because I only listen to the podcasts two or three times after we release it. So See, there you go. So, yeah. so you know that you're not, you know, <laughs> yeah. if we have five listeners, I know that you're only three of them, which is good. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, so. you're only the majority. You're not all of them. <laughs> Somebody out there is listening. As long as somebody's listening, we'll keep doing it. So Thank there you. we go. Yeah, but uh, so way. yeah, so you can uh, you can get Bernie on YouTube, Boonjamin Bok Choi. Um, you know he uh, he's out there doing uh, doing his F one videos. But when's F one twenty twenty one coming out? I think it's July fifteenth. It's either okay, June or July fifteenth. I think. 
Okay. Well, there you go. See, we'll have new stuff about that. Oh, is there a challenge this week worth doing or no? Um, maybe it's a, it's a quality and race at Brazil, which is actually a pretty decent track for me. So I might actually put out a video on this. Okay. One. Well, there we yeah. go. See, there we go. All See right. now, now we finally have, we finally have that. Cause I think for all these episodes you've been, no, it's garbage. No, it's garbage. No, it's garbage. But finally yeah. we got a good one. Garbage tracks. <laughs> Well, there anyway, we go. Yeah. So hopefully uh, by the, I guess by the next time that we're doing one of these, I will have a Corvette podcast out maybe. And uh, maybe you'll have a, you'll have a video about, uh, about Brazil. Yeah. And check out the uh, dirty drivers video that I just put out today. There we go. So, so you guys yeah. check that out too. And uh, I said, you can check out mine, the race car podcast. And uh, if you have anything to send into us for this show, you can uh, send an email to red five autosport at gmail.com or uh, racecarpodcast at gmail.com also if you like that. So, yeah, I think that's pretty much it, guys. So thanks for listening, and uh, I'll talk to you next week with a Monaco preview. And finally, finally, our top five favorite F1 drivers of all time. We promise, again. Yes, this time we promise, (laughs) but it probably won't actually happen. (laughs) Stay tuned. Thanks for listening, guys.